beautiful people. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chat with Chelsea. If you are new, welcome, and I appreciate you tuning in. If you are a returning listener, hello, welcome back. I appreciate you as well. Today, I have a beautiful guest who I will be speaking with. Her name is Maria Amuni. She is from Beirut in Lebanon, and she lives in London now. She is a yoga teacher, a meditator, a breathwork facilitator, a beautiful, beautiful human being. She, I actually found her on Instagram. I don't even remember how I came across her Instagram page, but you know, the universe works in mysterious ways and connects you with people. And I just believe that I was meant to come across her page. She fills me with inspiration and everything she posts is real and authentic and just she's vulnerable and she's incredible. Her yoga poses are absolutely beautiful. Um, and just, yeah, she's she's just, she's an incredible being, right? Like we come across these people and we're just in awe of them. And so I'm so grateful she, you know, agreed to come on and be a guest today. We discuss the difference between detachment and non-attachment. We talk about astral projection and being more in your body instead of out of your body. Um, We talk about how pain is the catalyst for transformation and just so much more. So tune in, keep listening, and let's dive in. Yeah, okay guys, so today I have with me Maria Amioni, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, not bad. It's Amioni, um, but you said it pretty well, so I'll take it. It's good. <laughs> okay, great. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited for this chat today and to dive into um, some transformation stuff that you know that you do or that you've gone through and uh, get a little bit more about your story. So, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for for having me honestly thank you for reaching out and asking me to be a part of but yeah thank you so much I'm excited to share more of my story I'm excited to share it with you yes amazing uh so let's just hop on in and and ask um what does transformation mean to you um for me transformation is not something that you can force to happen that's something that's really really um been proven to me time and time again i've tried to transform myself into feeling a certain way or being a certain person but i feel like sometimes you need to have the elements to have that transformation occur and those elements can be in the form of an experience and so for me experiences allow me to transform and also kind of being present with whatever is arising in order for the transformation to occur. Because if you're kind of living in a state where you're very much um, living in the future state of mind like, or in the past, it's very hard to transform in any of those states. You can only do it from where you are, not where you wish to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where people can really struggle you know, with because it's like, but I want to be there already. I want that to happen. I don't want to feel this way. And for me, I feel like, yeah, there was a lot of things that I've transformed because I used to be someone that was extremely, extremely shy growing up. And so um, even having like a platform or, you know, sharing my voice or sharing my thoughts, that was never something that I thought I would have been able to do. So there was definitely transformation that happened for those things to happen. And sometimes the things that scare you the most, if you keep taking a look at them, they do transform. I think if you keep repressing them and ignoring them, you'll kind of stay the same and it'll be so uncomfortable for you. And yes, you don't need to change, but it's like sometimes it's more comfortable to make the change than to stay how, how you are. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So what, what are some experiences that triggered your transformation? Yes, I think pain a lot of it had to do with like having experiences come into my life that brought in a lot of um, pain and suffering. And I think that that's why for me, I'm not so afraid of those things as much as I used to be before, just because I know that 
sometimes you do need some sort of destruction to happen in order for something new to be rebuilt. And for me, maybe my journey in life is to constantly recreate myself, not because who I am is not good enough or, you know, I need to be someone else, but more so that I get to explore different ways of being and being expansive. I think for me, that's a word that really I try to kind of live by. I want to live a more expansive life and not always feel like I'm stuck in one way of being. And I think because I have that intention, transformation does happen more of the time. And yes, that's, that's kind of what I have to yeah. share. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's beautiful. I agree a hundred percent. I think pain is the catalyst for transformation and I too have gone through my uh, share of suffering and pain and, you know, traumatic events. And that is what led me on my transformational journey as well. Um, Yeah. And pain can also be sometimes um, an illness. And, you know, I struggle with like chronic illness and, you know, a lot of food intolerances and that forced transformation to happen because I had to kind of you know, look at the way that I was eating and what I was eating and why it was causing me so much pain. And then once I started to do that, that kind of, you know, the elements that I was talking about, you kind of reorganize yourself in a different way because you're changing your constitution by the new foods that you're introducing into your body and kind of eliminating the foods that like were maybe causing inflammation within yourself, you know, are causing a lot of stress. So I do think like transformation can happen in so many different ways. And again, talking about those different elements that can come in and play and take a role in your life. And it's kind of like the the way that I see it, it's kind of like uh, an alchemy, like an alchemization of different things. And then suddenly it's like, oh yeah, like they they work together and like there's this shift, like a new awakening. Oh yeah, I can relate for sure. When I started, so I started my transformation journey by um, finding an acupuncturist. Like we just happened to meet. And then the first thing she told me to do was change my diet. So I had to cut out like gluten and dairy. And that was, you know, I was, and no alcohol, no caffeine. Um, So yeah, yeah, I agree. agree. Changing Changing your diet can change an incredible amount about you. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, it's informing your cells, it's giving information to your cells, it's feeding your cells. And I think that transformation does happen on a very cellular level too. Like there's obviously like a change that can happen on a spiritual level, but sometimes that's a much harder realm to access, you know, whereas your own physical body, that's something that you have a little bit more control over. And so if you can start to do those things and have a little bit more um control of that because we don't really have control over anything in life but at least this vehicle our body and what we put in whether it's through our food or through our thoughts i think that um transformation just kind of like happens automatically on its own whether without you necessarily planning for it to happen Mm, that's interesting yeah to think about that because transformation is just like you said, you, you make little changes and then you all of a sudden you're like, oh, whoa, like what happened? I'm basically a different person. Um, so you talked about repressing emotions earlier. Can you mm-hmm. touch on that a bit more and how that plays into like maybe not being able to transform? Yes. So repressing emotions for me meant being very, very disconnected from my physical body and having this sort of detachment. And, you know, a lot of times like spiritual, like in spirituality, we talk about, yes, like don't be attached, don't be attached, like let things go. But there's like a difference between that and kind of like avoiding things in life. I really kind of distinguish the difference between detachment and non-attachment. Like I'm non-attached to certain things. I don't need to um, be attached to, okay, things coming in and out, my feelings, my thoughts, fine. But to be detached was something that I grew up doing my whole life, you know, uncomfortable situations happen. I detach from it. I ignore it. I put it in a box. I close the box. I throw the box deep, deep, deep into like a cell. I won't ever look at it. And then life 
for some reason decides, well, no, you can't take any secrets to your grave. I think I'm one of those people. I probably won't be able to take any secrets with me to the grave because every time I've tried to do that, it keeps coming up and I can't ignore it. I can't dismiss it. So it's like, I might as well take a look at it now instead of having to take a look at it five years from now. I don't want to have to keep digging shit up from like, you know, the past in order to do the work today. So one thing that is key also in your own transformation is to actually be in your physical body. You cannot do it from a place of detachment. You cannot do it from a place of not feeling what is, what is coming up for you. You have to feel into to those things. You have to lean into that feeling of shame and discomfort and guilt. And you have to kind of like breathe through it. And it's so uncomfortable. I'm not going to say like it's a very pleasant experience. And perhaps this is why people don't want to go through that journey. And they keep it in a box because, yeah, it is uncomfortable. But then you have to decide what's more uncomfortable, like keeping it, a, keeping it in a box, keeping my voice like shut down because of so-and-so when I was younger, or do I actually decide that I, I don't want to do that anymore? I want to, I want to, yeah, because you can, I think you have to also believe in your own potential too. Like there has to be that as well. And you have to believe in the potential of transforming. And I think watching other people sometimes and being like, well, I'm in awe of their journey. It's inspiring to see. And instead of comparing yourself and feeling less than someone else to understand that no this is my path my journey but like there is hope i'm not stuck in one way mm, i think that is such an important point is that like if you see other people and you maybe maybe if you're in a place that you're not super okay with yourself right now you might see that as jealousy like oh i'm jealous of that person or i'm envious of that person and where they are but really you can flip that script just like you said and say, no, look, I see them. Like I can do that. I can get there. And that has been something in my personal mm -hmm. transformation journey that has been huge is like flipping that script. And instead of comparing and being jealous, I am inspired and like in awe. And I just, I know I can do it because I see that in that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you have to also be your own best friend and your best cheerleader in life and again like there's always going to be multiple voices in your head the voices that say that you can't do it and the voices that are going to lift you higher and it's again not to say like dismiss the, those voices that are keeping you lower but at the end of the day it's like which wolf do you want to feed you know that like story of the two wolves and I've chosen to feed the wolf that like lifts me higher so yeah but i do think like being embodied being in your physical body is a hundred percent needed in order for transformation to occur yeah i love that i love that and i think that that leans into the term uh spiritual bypassing is yes. what when you were when you were talking about that that's what came to my mind so for yeah. anyone that doesn't know what spiritual bypassing is could you explain it a little bit yeah, so spiritual, like spiritual bypassing is basically avoiding certain steps on your spiritual journey, trying to kind of reach the end without necessarily going through all of the steps that are needed in order for you to actually have the experience of what it is that these people are talking about and sharing, you know. And I think that's what's so important. Like you need to have your own experience. You cannot necessarily rely on another person's experience because it's going to be different from person to person. Just because we are living in different places, we have different parents, we have different ancestors, we have a different upbringing. So your own journey needs to be walked only by you. Nobody else can walk it for you. And nobody has walked your path before in the way that you're walking it today. So yes, we're always constantly inspired by other people and their journeys, and we can see the potential in ourselves through them, but ultimately we are the ones that need to do it on our own. And that's how I see it. Maybe like on our own meaning, on our, not meaning that we don't need a community or we don't need support or we can't have that, but you know, it is difficult, like I said, like to go through it kind of all by yourself can be very, very overwhelming. But when we spiritually bypass things, it's like we just want to get there without having gone through certain milestones that will make the getting there 
an experience, a felt experience. Like, an, and it, it's like, you're not talking about it because you've read about it. You're not talking about it because someone told you this, you know, it's like, no, I know it because I know it for myself. And I think that that's even more empowering because then you can explain it in your own words, in your own terms, instead of, you know, making it like this whole fluffy thing, but it's not a fluffy thing. Like it's, <laughs> it's definitely not a fluffy thing. <laughs> <laughs> not to scare you or anything. I mean, yeah, there is a bit of fluff sometimes, but like, it's, it's not all like fun and games. No, it's not. And that's, I say that all the time. Um, I say, you know, this journey, if you choose to go on it, like is not fun and it's not easy, but yeah. there is a light at the end. Like I, comparing myself to two years ago or even like a year and a half ago to where I am now, it's, it's completely different. And it was the last two years were not easy at all by far, <laughs> but <laughs> where I am now is so much better than where I was. And I think that's the beauty of transformation. Mm -hmm. Um, so with spiritual bypassing, you, you mentioned something that was interesting. You said, if people spiritually bypass, they miss the milestones that yes. requires you to get to like more of your higher being, more of your higher self. And so I think that also um, ties into what you said about repressing things mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. finding things in boxes. Because mm -hmm. if people don't hit those milestones, then their boxes are still going to be buried because yeah. they have to face them. Exactly. And we all have different boxes buried, right? Like we don't all have the same ones. And I don't think that you should look at something and being like, oh, well, that was so small. Like, that's not a big deal. Oh, why did I, you know, I, I shouldn't be so dramatic. I think there is this fear of being dramatic for some, or there's the fear of agitating other people. So you stay small or like everybody has different fears, but it's like, you are allowed to have had that experience and you're allowed for that experience to be what it was. Like nobody should be able to say like, oh, that's not true. That's not how you should have felt like. Why are you telling me how I should have felt like or how I should feel like? Like, that's how I feel. I can't change it. Okay, maybe that's my constitution. Maybe you think I'm too sensitive. Maybe you think I'm this or that, but like that doesn't take away from what happened at that time. And I've had to kind of make peace with that because the, the people around me might not necessarily be like, oh yes, okay, Maria struggled with her mental health when she was a teenager. You know, there's like that, there's that kind of like negation of my experience. And I feel like if you are secure in yourself and you know what you've been through, you don't need anybody's approval or acceptance. And sometimes that's really, really hard, but you have to decide that you have it for yourself so that you can move on from that story. And for me, I think like the last year, what really came down to it was like, I had to learn how to um, be my own caretaker. I mean, I have amazing parents and they're, you know, but it's more so like, I'm the one that knows what my needs are more than anybody else. And if I'm being super, let's say sensitive over one thing, then I need to kind of address that for myself and heal that wound and mother it and be my own mother because I, I know that I deserve that love, you know? Yeah, I love that. I absolutely yeah. love that. <laughs> and it's true, you know, we, and it's interesting because the first step of that is recognizing that you are triggered and mm -hmm. recognizing that you are hurt. Mm -hmm. And so like in my experience, I used to get hurt and I would react with anger. That would be my first reaction. And so for anyone that's like going through this journey or starting it, it's recognizing what that emotion is for you and then tracing it back. So whenever mm -hmm. I would react in anger, it was actually because I was hurt. And it was actually because, you know, I felt I was sensitive, but I was just putting that wall up. Mm -hmm. And so do you relate to that at all? For me, yes, there was definitely anger. I would say there was more... Um like seclusion the more and more i felt like i wanted to withdraw from life and um it kind of yeah it's it, my react and then ex maybe at one point i'd explode in anger 
but it took a lot of time to build up to the anger point. Most of the time it was more like, okay, I'm going to retreat, shut up, not say anything, keep my voice down, not like stir the waters even more and let me not make a bigger mess than this already is. And this is my fault, blaming myself for certain situations that had nothing to do with me. And holding on to other people's uh, emotions and feelings and making them my own. I think that, you know, things happened and I was like, okay, I'm going to hold on to their shame and their guilt kind of subconsciously. And then years later when I'm doing this, you know, kind of like I'm looking back and being like, okay, what really happened? And being like, oh, wow, like I'm holding on to shame that never belonged to me. I'm holding to a betrayal that never belonged to me. It was never really about me. And that's very liberating. So when you go on to your transformation journey, you just realize that everything that happened in your life was never really about you. And it can sometimes sting, you know, because it kind of makes you feel like you're so little, but at the same time, it's very liberating because the things that happened were only people's unconscious behaviors that were played out on you. And so it obviously didn't have anything to do with, with me and in my way, but maybe those are the experiences that I needed to wake up from certain things. Yes. Yes. And thank you. Thank you for sharing that you, you secluded. And yes. so I think it's important for, cause everybody is different and everybody reacts differently when they're triggered. And so it's important for each person to find what that is for them specifically, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. mine was anger, yours was seclusion. And so now whenever, like, well now I, whenever I get triggered, I don't really react angrily because I've healed that part of me, but oh, I do, <laughs> it, it took a lot. <laughs> it took a, a lot. lot. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, you talk about this because just the other day I wrote a post about triggers because I'm kind of in this phase where I am being triggered and I'm letting my triggers out. Like I'm not holding them back and I'm expressing them. And so I was talking to this human design coach and he was basically saying like, don't let your trigger be an indication of your progress. And I was like, whoa, so liberating. You know, my triggers are not an indication of whether I'm progressing on my spiritual path or not, because that's how I would look at it. Like, oh, it's an indication that I've healed something. Oh, it's an indication that I'm doing better that I, you know, but at the end of the day, like, if maybe that is my reaction in that moment, then maybe that's what needed to flow through me. Maybe that's what the moment needed. And let me not be the judger of that experience. Instead, let me hold myself in compassion and kindness and being like, you know, this needs, the situation needed more love. Oh, yes. So. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. The non-judgment and the holding ourselves in compassion. That has been a theme that I've been seeing lately. So I've been talking with a couple of people and they've been, um, actually, it's so crazy. This theme got brought up twice within two days was people saying they name their ego self and they give it a name and basically tell it to like, shut up when it comes up, when it comes up. And, uh, one woman said, well, that's not what I do. She said, when my ego self comes up, I, hold I hold her like I hold her in compassion and I say like it's okay I'm here for you you don't have to feel scared you don't have to be angry you don't have to whatever mm -hmm. um, instead of trying to push that away but just holding it in non-judgment mm -hmm. and in compassion mm -hmm. I love that I really do because I think that a lot of times you know whatever we resist persists and Something that I say when I sometimes teach med meditation is like, don't resist the resistance. Because sometimes you'll notice like you're resisting the resistance and it's like you're just creating even more of it. And it's like, if it's there, if you're feeling into resistance, stay with it, allow the resistance to be there. Don't necessarily push it. Nobody necessarily likes to be pushed, especially not your ego. So if you're gonna be pushing it and being like calling it stupid, it's, it's not going to just like disappear. In fact, you're 
thinking that your ego is bad and you're good and so the ego needs to go away you know there's that like split whereas if you just bring it up and you're like okay let's come here <laughs> let's let's hold you in, in awareness and compassion and non-judgment i feel like that's where it kind of has the ability to to dissolve itself but we all need i think a little bit of ego just a I bit I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Otherwise, why would we have it? Why would we be created in this way? You know? Yeah, I fully agree. I think our ego allows us to stay grounded in this reality and in this physical self that we are in. Because um, I do believe that we are spiritual beings at our essence and at our core. Yeah. Um, but the ego, I mean, like, you, you know, why would we have it if it wasn't a part of us? And why would we be designed in this way if it was not supposed to be integrated? I think that, like, for me, everything is more about integration. And again, that's where transformation can happen. And what needs to happen, especially after a big transformation, is to integrate all of those different elements of yourself again. Because sometimes, um, yeah, like, it's kind of, we are always the full puzzle piece. That's how I see it. Like, it's not like there's a piece missing from us and we're gonna get a piece in the future and another piece then. It's like, we're always this wholesome being, but it's whether or not we've integrated all of those pieces together so that they mesh together and they stick together more so than kind of being all wow. over the place. I love that. I love that um, analogy, like that visualization. That's yeah. I've never heard anyone say that before. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. But that is, I agree, because it is, you know, when you're dealing with traumas and triggers and all of the things that happen, you know, when you start to realize kind of what's actually going on in your life, it does feel like there's just so many different parts of you everywhere. At least that's how I felt. Like I was just scattered, you know? And it was like, I was also, another way you could look at that is like trying to be different people. I was trying to be, like, I would try to fit in with different people and be whoever I needed to be to be liked in that moment. And now that I am more integrated, it's like, I'm just me and, and I'm just okay with that. That's so cool. <laughs> Something that's really helped me because I feel like a lot of times people go and seek their missing puzzle pieces thinking that it's going to come in the future or it's going to come, you know, but also another analogy that maybe you'll appreciate given that we're like on that uh, spectrum right now, but you know, we kind of look at time in a very horizontal way, right? So like there's the past, the present, the future, and we look at it in this way. But what I've tried to start doing, and that's where we start to feel discombobulated, right? Because there's part of ourselves that are stuck in the past. And so there's elements of us that are no longer with us because we've detached ourselves from those situations, right? And then there are pieces that are missing from us that belong in the future that are, that are going to come in time. And yes, I know I talked about experiences. So it's a bit like contradictory. Yes, it's true. Like we do gain more experience. So there's more and more integration for sure but the way that I start to shift time is to kind of look at on a very vertical um like line so time is always happening in now so there's no concept of like past present future it's always here so how would I say that I am missing a puzzle or that I'm needing another piece to complete myself right mm -hmm. like I have it all right now it's here right now, like all of that wisdom, all of that, you know, and feeling of, okay, yeah, my future self, my higher self, okay, that being is right now. And that's why I think that we do feel very intuitive, or there are things that like, make sense to us and that spark like a, yes, this is a yes, and this is a no, you know, it's because I believe that the future self, the higher self is living in this moment right now, and is giving us that indication. So it's not like some crazy thing to think about, like everything is currently here. So whatever I am being told or compelled to doing is because I'm getting indications, I'm tapping into that 
information field that's delivering those messages to me. Um, and it's whether or not I listen to it today or I listen to it in one year, that's up to me. That's where my free will comes in, you know, like, am I going to start like looking into this now or maybe not, you know, maybe it's not what I want to do. That's fine. Yes, I agree fully. I fully agree. Time that we know is completely man-made. Like we just made it up. So yeah. there's no, like there is no time. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. The vertical line thing. That's really cool to picture. Yeah. It um, is cool. Because then it's like, it builds momentum. I don't know if you feel it, like when you're talking and you start to really access that kind of concept of, okay, time is always now. So technically also, I've already died in a lot of ways too. So then what am I really afraid of? What am I really afraid of doing? If death has already knocked on my door, if it's all like just... And, you know, just also. Oh, you're hitting some points. <laughs> it is. And I, uh, for me, for me, so I know a lot of people have the fear of death. And, I, and yes. that's the thing. Of course. For me personally, I reached a point like, I don't know, six months into my journey that I was just like, you know what? If I died today, I would be okay. Like, I would be okay with that. And ever since I reached that point, it was kind of like everything shifted for me. It was, I, I wasn't worrying. I wasn't fearful of what was going to happen. It was just contentment and basically just peace. And so I, for me to, like, I, I don't really relate to the fear of death very much. I, I know what you mean. And I, like you said, some people do feel that fear of death and what happens after and all of that. And to be fair, like we can talk about all of this on a spiritual level, but do we really know? Are we hundred percent? Like there's always a little bit like of that percentage of uncertainty of what happens when we, when we leave this physical body. Oh. But for me, I don't know. It was more like when I started to meditate and I had experiences of dying in my own meditations almost. It was like you kind of reach this point in a meditation where there is fear. There's a lot of fear because you are encountering death in some way. I don't know if it's something that you've maybe felt in some of your meditations. And then it's kind of like relaxing into it and seeing that, okay, everything is going to be fine. Like I'm going to be fine. And life kind of just continues um but i always find it so interesting how we're everything and we're nothing all at once you know like we're the whole universe happening but then we're also nothing at all so it's kind of like which one is it which one am i yes yes i agree <laughs> it's a very big yeah. is that called a paradox yeah like, probably it's a very yeah. big paradox yeah it is yeah that's super interesting um so what let's see um, talking about, well, in our med, okay, well, we talked, we were, you were touching on meditation. Yes. Um, is that kind of how you started your transformation? Like, was it through your meditation or how, how did your journey kind of begin? It began with, um, yoga and I found myself in a yoga class. It was in 2014. It was like the end of my senior year, graduating from university in California. I was in San Diego. And my personal trainer became a yoga teacher. And so she kept like trying to convince me to come to classes. So I kind of went to one and it was like love at first like try. Like I loved it like from the beginning because I'm very much in my head. Like it was very difficult like I said, I was detached from my body, no idea what it felt like to actually inhabit myself, you know, I was only living in here. So kind of like going into that got me really, really into yoga. And Shavasana obviously was like super amazing. I was like, whoa, what's this, you know, <laughs> I love it. And then she taught me meditation and it came luckily for me super easily i know people struggle with it so much i don't know if it has to do with the fact that i was like i am quite introverted in that way where i already spent so much time in my thoughts that meditation was okay i'm observing my thoughts cool you know and then the thoughts kind of 
decrease probably in length and there's more and more space and I started to like discover the gaps in between my thoughts and that silence and that like did me really well especially because I had a very overactive mind and then it was kind of like playing around with it but like very early on I started getting like outer body experiences and um, experiencing things at the time back then you know like Instagram was a thing but it wasn't like today where there's all types of information so the experiences I was having in my meditation I didn't know whether or not they were normal or if other people were going through them it felt like I was kind of walking this journey all by myself and I had no guide or no resource so I did a yoga teacher training I got a lot of it in terms of like the yoga practice but like in terms of like my meditation I kind of went away from it because I had like a crazy like near-death experience like I kind of thought that I died and that's why I said like I felt like I encountered death there um I can tell you the story if you're interested and in, in story but basically like I had a friend and she was sleeping over and she was coming back from a rave so it was like eight in the morning so she wakes me up and she goes to sleep and I had like heart palpitations because I was out the night before and at the time I was drinking and I drank vodka red bull so I had like you know my heart was racing really fast so I was like okay let me practice yoga nidra like I'll calm down my body I'll be able to fall asleep yoga nidra is like a body scan and so I'm doing the scan and suddenly I feel like, okay, yeah, my body's totally relaxed, but I see this light shoot out of my body and I see my friend in bed and she's next to me and I'm like a light and I go up all the way to the ceiling and I'm looking at my body on the bed and I'm, I'm like spinning around on myself and I was like, oh my God, I'm feeling so, so nauseous. Like this is not fun at all. Like I want to go back into my body. And so I like shoot back down, but I fall on the floor and I still see myself in bed. And I'm like, no, no, like I want to go back in there. Like what's happening? It was like inception. Like I can't even explain. It was so strange. And so I'm like, no, no, I need to go back in there. And I jump back into my body. And then I'm like talking to angels. Like I, it was like, I'm having a conversation with angels. I was like, no, I'm too tired for this right now. Like I just want to. I just want to wake up, know that I'm alive, that I'm okay. Thankfully, it was all good. I woke up. But yeah, for a moment, I was like, did I die? What happened? Like, I don't get it. Like, what, what was all of this? And then after that, I had a very hard time meditating for like a year. Dang. Yeah. That is, that is really cool, first off. Like, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's crazy. I can, I cannot imagine. I've never astral projected. Okay. Um, yeah. You don't need to, by the way. And that's kind of what I wanted to share as well as like, it was cool to have those experiences because I understood the felt experience of what it meant, what, of what it meant to be a soul having a human experience. Like I felt it, I feel it to be really, really true, but also like, um, my acupuncturist actually told me this. She was like, you know, some people say if you always astral project, because I was doing it like this, like it would happen to me like almost every other time. That one was a super intense one because it had many layers, but I was having them before. And I could go into like different situations in the past and like relive them and see them again. Like, and it was cool. But she said that when you keep doing that, you kind of tell your body that you don't need your physical body and it'll start to manifest illness. And I thought that that was super interesting because I saw it happen. I started to manifest illnesses in my physical body to remind me, hello, you know, I'm here. You need to take care of me. Like you can't keep going into space and like thinking that that's what life is all about because you do become super, super detached. Right. So Wow, that's a very good point. Thank you for sharing that. It's, that's really interesting. Because that makes sense. Like, as we are spirits, and we are essence, if you are continuously out of your body, then yeah, of course, you're sending the signal like, oh, you're not good enough. Like, I can just be a soul and be happy and live my life up here. Yeah. Um, and that's really interesting that you also saw that physically, like that manifested in you. 
It did. Yeah. I got like a lot of digest. I mean, I always had these digestive issues growing up because I repressed everything, kept everything down there. So obviously this kind of became a whole battlefield on its own. And so when I started doing that, it was because I think as just the way that I am, I am very maybe connected to, to that like higher source, universe, whatever you want to call it. But to the point where when I had like my energy read by like, you know, energy readers or whatever, they kept telling me like I had a lot of deep, darker purple. So it's kind of like, you know, if you look at the chakras, like the top one, how it has like a deeper color. And, but she, they were like, it's so dark. So it's too much. It's an excess. Like you're too there and you need to come back here. And so my journey has been from going like from being like a super spiritual person to being a more embodied person and integrating both um, because you do need both. You can't just, for me, it was like, you need to kind of integrate the spiritual with the material, you know, the mystical with the logical, like there's always, there's always both ends. Yes. I love that you joined me on this podcast and we are chatting because I, I talk to a lot of people that they're trying to get more spiritual. And so it's always a path of like going from your physical to more spiritual. So it's incredibly interesting to talk to you and you're saying, well, I was incredibly spiritual, but it was too much. And so now I'm embodying more of my physical. Yes, because when I I'm embodying my physical. I'm allowing myself to actually connect to the spiritual in a very different way, in a way that I can be of service to this world today, not to kind of just float around and, okay, that's amazing. I'm having my experiences, but how am I being of service? And I need to, to be of service. I need to be in my physical body. I need to use my voice. I need to use my hands. I need to, you know, be with people, communicate with them, share it and, I think that that's kind of like the journey for me to go from that. And it wasn't that like, I do feel very, very spiritual now too. It's not like I'm not anymore and I've left that and I don't meditate or I don't have like beautiful experiences in my meditation. They're not as often as before, that's for sure. But I'm not angry at that either. I'm not like, I really want to astral project like, no, I'm good. Like, it's fine. I'll do that when the time comes. Like, we're good for now. Now I kind of want to, you know, clear my mind, connect to the higher power and feel like my vehicle is clear enough to, to channel whatever it is that needs to be kind of channeled through me through that. Mm, I love that. What? So you said, you know, you're embodying more of your physical so that you can be of service. So what do you feel like you have a purpose on this earth or do you like what what is your um like service that you're that's so interesting yeah that you're asking this because i sent a newsletter out this month about how we all have like a uh, an individual purpose and we also have a collective purpose right i think depending on a person because i feel like i don't necessarily have one set purpose in life. I think that the more experiences that come my way, yes, I know that I will have more experiences. So with that, my individual purpose will change. Right now, I do feel quite connected to my purpose. I know what I'm here to do um, in the sense that like, I, I love to hold space for transformation to happen, right? So whether it's like yoga or meditation or health coaching or coaching in general, like those are the things I really, really love. So I just want to create the safe space for people to gather, whether alone or in a group to kind of have their own experience that can allow their own transformation to happen. Now, like collectively, we also have a collective purpose. And so for me, my individual one is very related to the collective one where I want to be of service to the world, where I stop being so much into the ego of asking like, who am I to do this? Instead, I try to be like, okay, how can I serve you today? How can I serve the greater good today? That's not about me. It's not about who I am and where I've come from and all of the stories of my life, but it's more so like, okay, use my physical body and do what you want with it. Like I, I'll, I'll kind of be in some ways like your servant, your, 
your shepherd, if you want to call it, like in religious terms, but in a more spiritual term. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, of course it does. Um, yeah, I love that. I love breaking it down into your individual purpose and the collective purpose, because I think that is a good distinction to have, you know, like you might want to do something and then it's also about serving the highest good, like serving the highest good for all, for everybody. Yes. And I also love that you said, you know, be just like, take me and do what you will, basically, for the highest good. Um, anytime I, like, before I get on a call or do anything, um, when I'm interacting with people and holding space, I always speak to spirit and I'm like, just, I'm your vessel, like, I'm open, speak through me, like, whatever oh. needs to happen. Yeah, I love it. And probably that's why it came out today in our conversation. You know, we, you've allowed that to happen too, you know, by asking the right questions, by digging into certain things, by um, allowing spirit to guide you and for you to also trust its guidance, right? For me, there was a lot of distrust for a very long time on the guidance that I was receiving. Um, but somehow it kind of put, it always brings me back. So like I can't avoid you anymore so I might as well like join it does. stop fighting it <laughs> it does it always brings you back like when you when you start when you start on your journey and you start connect this connection it's like you can't turn back there, there's just there's no turning back <laughs> yeah there really isn't there really isn't and every time I'm like oh yeah like I figured some stuff out and it's like no you figured nothing out like there's like a ton more that's gonna come out and yeah it's cool I like it so maybe like in a year's time I'll listen to some of the things I've said today and I'll be like oh what did I say <laughs> that's okay because we're appreciating where we are and yeah you know this is this is the part of our journey that we're at so it's exactly. okay exactly <laughs> um I have a question what are your three like non-negotiables every day do you okay. have Yes. So meditation is a non-negotiable. I mean, okay. Besides like, you know, washing my, I, yeah. Like I would, I would call it like the washing process, <laughs> like, you know, brushing my teeth, washing my face, like uh, meditating, washing my mind. Like that will maybe fall under one category. Like, like that's not negotiable. Um, I would say number two, write something like whether it's like, you know, a note on my phone or like whatever, like I have to write. And that's not, yeah, it's a non-negotiable because it happens anyway. So, I mean, I, it's a bit difficult. Like, is it a non-negotiable or it just happens automatically? Mm. Um, I would say like also calling a loved one if I'm not with one, you know, like just having a conversation with someone else just so that like, because I can be alone for a long time and not communicate with the external world. Like I can be that lone wolf all by myself, doing things by myself, but it also feels really good to be connected to others. So yeah, I would say that that's, that's definitely a non-negotiable. I love it. I relate, <laughs> I relate to the being a lone wolf. I'm the same way. <laughs> like, I yeah. Do you, have you looked into human design at all or no? Um, I feel like I've done my chart, but I didn't know really how to read it. So well, it's impossible to read on your own, but like, do you, do you remember the design that you had? Like which category? I feel like I was a manifesting generator, but I don't know. Okay, cool. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a manifester. And so like, it's the definition kind of like you're a lone wolf like you kind of do things on your own and you don't like to inform anybody about anything but like my strategy is apparently to inform like I have to tell people like every everything especially if it involves them it's like oh really that's interesting <laughs> yeah huh no I I like well because I took off and traveled and so when I did that I kind of just was but that was also before I was on my that was when I was still lost. Okay. And so that was my way of like, that was my detachment, right? Like that's how I detached from oh everything gosh. that I was going through was I just like took off and was like, I'm gone. I'm going to leave all of this and not deal with it. Mm -hmm. 
And then of course, the universe is like, no, you're going to deal with it. Like, <laughs> you have to deal with it. <laughs> That's, it's funny you say that because it's true. Like there's so many different forms of detachment, right? Like some people go through addictions and that could be a way of detaching from, from their feelings or their thoughts. People will use travel as a way to detach from certain things. Um, there's so many different ways, you know, like posting on so like being very unconscious, but like also being aware. I don't think you're never not aware a bit of what's happening. You're just kind of dismissive of it. But I don't think like people are a hundred percent asleep. I don't know. I think there's always some sort of voice still there, still reminding you, but it's whether or not like there's space for you to listen to it maybe it's too crowded so you're not necessarily picking up on that voice Mm, that's an interesting point to talk about because when i think back to like how i was um when i left and when i when i wanted to travel i there was a there was a voice within me um that was just saying, so I graduated, just to give you context, I graduated with my chemical engineering degree and I didn't want to go into industry. Like I had a job in industry, but I was like, you know, this isn't right. Like I want to go travel. And so there was that voice in me that was saying, this isn't for you. Like you need to go, like go travel, go do Mm -hmm. something. Don't, don't get caught up in this societal construct of life. Mm. And so so it wasn't necessarily a voice of like you need to deal with all of the shit that's been going on in your life (laughs) for me it was the just get just go and then it will like everything will fall into place Um, I love that yeah so yeah you know that's the thing there's no one way like travel could be like you said it could be a way for you to actually not do the thing that you're not supposed to be doing to discover something new or it could be a way of escaping what it is that you already know but perhaps you didn't know at the time before traveling what it was so you did need that like that experience yeah definitely. Of, of being somewhere else and doing something new yeah yeah for sure and it it obviously manifests in every person differently but i think there is i've just i've just met too many people that like do hear that voice and then choose choose to ignore it (laughs) or choose to not go about it and I always I mean I'm just like okay well I mean that's your choice obviously like you said earlier that's our free will if we're gonna listen now or we're gonna listen in a year but it's gonna keep coming up like these things it's not just going to disappear yeah I don't think they disappear And I think that you get more and more, you know, angry, frustrated, bitter, whatever it is, you know, the more that you, you ignore it. Um, But again, you know, I'm reading this book and it's quite amazing, but again, it's like source, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, is not going to like punish you for not doing something because ultimately it is your free will to do what it is that, you know, you want to do. And if it's not what you want to do, that's fine. But again, not thinking of it as in, in terms of, okay, I'm going to be punished. Nothing is ever really a punishment. Um, because then that would mean that there's some sort of control. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. And I agree. Like, I don't think that if people choose to ignore the call or choose to stay in how I would think of it is like stay in their bubble. Like if people choose to stay in their bubble, like you said, I don't believe they're going to get punished either, but I do believe that the triggers will keep coming and the, Mm. however you're, however you manifest your triggers, like it will continue and you might feel worse and worse because Mm -hmm. it's continuously building and you're not dealing with it. Like you're not acknowledging it is kind of how I look at it. And I see that manifest in people's lives that I know. Yeah. 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 But it's the call. It does happen. It's the call. You pick it up. You don't pick it up. You hang up on it. (laughs) (laughs) You can do whatever you want. It's your hold. (laughs) Put it on hold. I'll get back to you. Yeah. Your cool call. But like, yeah, you know, by the way, a lot of times I put things on hold a lot. Um, 
but again i think if it's kind of like within your path to kind of go through it like it's a it's a make you pick up it's a keep ringing until you pick up um that's what that's kind of i feel like what happened to me the call becomes so loud um it's no longer just like a one one buzz <laughs> it's yeah, it's like I'm standing on the door, like, oh. yeah, like hello. Otherwise, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna change the situation. No, I don't. Know. <laughs> I can relate. Uh, I can relate to that. <laughs> right? It's so interesting. I really loved our conversation too. It was very fun. I did too. Thank you. Like this was really amazing. I absolutely love talking to you and getting to know. Yeah. You. Same. It's always so cool. Thank you for for asking me to be here. And to share this because it's not something that you can talk about like to a lot of people. It's not things that like I'll just blurt out like at, at a dinner party. Not that we can even go to dinner parties, but like in the days where we could go. But I feel like now today it's more so like I really don't even care about who my audience is. It's like whoever's going to resonate will resonate. Who doesn't, doesn't. Like I can't, I can't please everybody. So yeah yeah and this is for everybody that's right <laughs> that's true it's not it's not for everybody but no. um it's like just being yourself like we said earlier and exactly i love that you i love that you joined me today and that you you opened up and you shared a bit more about your story and listened to a bit of mine um, yeah it's so cool yeah, thank you. Well, I'm glad you listened to your own inner voice, and so you're not doing engineering anymore, yeah? No, I'm actually doing uh, life coaching. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. Um, That's really, really cool. Life coaching is very fun, and podcasting too now on the side, so that's very cool too. You'll send this to your clients. <laughs> yes, definitely. Like, go listen, go listen. <laughs> There's lots yeah. of good information here. <laughs> Definitely, there was. Um, but you're also very good at like picking, picking the right questions. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I like I said, I you know I'll give it all up to spirit. Like I I really do just trust that like the like I will pick up and the right questions will come. Like mm -hmm. I had a whole list of questions written down. I don't even think I asked like any of them. <laughs> Not even the three things that are non-negotiable. No, I did write down that was a <laughs> Yeah, I saw you looking there. So I was like, yeah, you picked up on that. <laughs> that was one I wanted to ask you. <laughs> but, what are your three non-negotiables? I'm curious because it's like it's a bit difficult. Like isn't food, sleep and <laughs> Yeah. Um, mine would be stretching a little bit at least. Like I have to stretch somehow, um, whether that's doing yoga or just like bending down in the morning. Um, what another one? I would use to say meditation, but I cannot say that anymore because I haven't meditated in quite a while. Unless, There's something there. Yeah, I, I know. I'm going to. I need to. I'm going to get back on that. I have been doing, to be fair, I have been doing a manifestation meditation every night. So I guess I could chalk that up. But yeah, like, it's yeah. like a, it's a guided meditation. That's um, fine. Those are great. Yeah, it is. It's really nice to fall asleep too. Um, and then my other non-negotiable would be hmm, listening to music. Mm. I love listening to music and and or dancing. So like, those are good. Those are very good. Yeah. Movement. Movement is a big part of, of me and like my mental state. I have to have movement in order to feel good. Yeah. I definitely feel it after a few days of not moving. It used to be a non-negotiable. And then I don't know, you know, sometimes you fall out of things that you know are good for you. Um, but I'm slowly picking it up again, like adding more movements, doing more of my yoga practice because I do love it. I feel like there's so much wisdom inside of our bodies and learn so much from, from spending time with my body like and exploring it in that way. Yeah, definitely. Understanding my limitations really um, through my body. I don't know if you've ever done like uh, dynamic meditations, like you should try them out. So they're really, really good. I learned so much about my own uh, judgment towards myself, how I felt so uncomfortable in my body, um, where I was holding on to certain things. 
And I feel like it kind of opened me up even more to, to dance. Because when I was a very, like a kid, I used to love to dance up until a certain age. And then I became so shy and I couldn't even move and dance because my body was just so tense. And I guess like in so much pain from, from accumulating stuff. And then when I started to dance again and doing these dynamic meditations, dance became so much more fun and liberating. But it doesn't always feel like that when you're disembodied. It feels very foreign. It feels like, oh my God, like I can I can't I cannot I can't dance. <laughs> wow, that's so interesting to to hear that experience from somebody. So dance has been a huge part of my life forever. And I I just expressed it in different ways throughout my life. So like whereas I used to do competitive dance and dance team, then when I got to drinking age it was dancing at clubs right like mm -hmm. that's how I express myself and now I've just gotten back into like just dancing for me and not dancing for attention because that's kind of how my whole life was was dancing to get attention um so it's really interesting to hear somebody say that like they felt so disconnected from their body that dancing felt so uncomfortable mm-hmm Wow. And mm -hmm. so dynamic meditation is what transitioned that for you? I would say that it started to open up this concept that, wow, there is so much uh, baggage within and that you can slowly release. Like, for example, it's basically Osho's dynamic meditation. And I know he's like a very controversial teacher and, you know, some people love him, some people don't. I don't think he really cares, but like... <laughs> um, I don't know if you've ever watched like Wild Wild Country. I think I started it on Netflix, but I didn't finish it. So you'll see like he's quite like a controversial person, but he has this dynamic meditation that goes through like four to five stages. It depends like which one you do, but like there's like step one, you bring like you have to kind of breathe erratically. So it's not like a proper breathing in and breathing out. It's like I get kind of like a, you know, the breath of fire type of breathing almost. And then the second step would be you bring your arms above your head and you're jumping up and down and you have to shout like, ho. And then after that, it's like a period of silence and then kind of like a period of like ecstatic dance. And the first time I did that, it was like, oh my God, what is this? Like there's judgment the whole entire time through, you know, what is my body doing? What is this? This is so weird. This is, you know, so much shame and so much guilt and guilt and shame. They can't dance. They really can't. So, you know, when you have a lot of that within yourself, yeah, it is hard to dance. It is hard to move. Mm. That is, I'm definitely going to try that. I'm definitely going to try dynamic meditation. Yeah. I definitely recommend it for, for people that feel that disconnection from, from their body and to observe it again without any judgment and to, to keep doing it and um, it's interesting because now it's like when I do it like I'll scream I'll shout I'll like bang the floor I'll you know cry and it's like whoa like you observe that kind of like a spectator watching a scene and you're like wow like I'm doing this like two years ago I would have been like in the corner like you know okay barely moving my arms yeah. <laughs> Not, like I do like I, I stick my tongue out and I yell and it's like okay yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah of course it's expression like you, it's letting out all of those repressed emotions that we have within us just like letting them out and it's incredibly yeah. freeing to be able to do that like yeah. it's and so Exactly. And it's kind of like allowing your inner child to just like throw a tantrum. Like we let kids sometimes throw tantrums. I think maybe it depends on whether you're allowed as a kid to throw tantrums, whether you thought tantrums were good or bad, were, were you punished if you threw a tantrum, you know, yeah. but like if kids need to naturally let that out of their systems, I think adults also should let it out of their systems that way. Oh, for, for sure. For sure. I threw a tantrum the other day and I like slammed my pillow on my bed. Like I was punching my bed. <laughs> I hadn't done that in years. Like actually maybe not ever. 
but it felt so good. Like I don't regret doing it. I was not ashamed of myself for doing it. So, oh yeah, I'm excited to try this dynamic meditation now. Okay, cool. Try it and let me know. I will for sure. I'll message you. Yeah. Well, I don't want to keep you. I mean, I could keep talking to you forever, but (laughs) I know. And too. But yeah. Thank you so much, Maria. I I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. Take care. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye. We'll speak soon. We will. (laughs) Okay, guys. Thank you for listening, for tuning in. I hope that you found some nuggets, some advice, some insight, or just learned more about Maria and me. Um, If you want to get in contact with Maria, you can find her on Instagram. Her Instagram is maria.emioni, or you can, her podcast Instagram is the Cosmic Channel. So if you want to tune into her podcast, go ahead and go give that a listen. Um, she also offers health coaching and private yoga sessions, or I'm sure she does group yoga sessions too, if you and a couple of friends want to, you know, book her for a yoga session. And she's also doing full moon ceremonies. So with the full moon and Leo coming up, Go ahead and go check out her Instagram and um, go book uh, the full moon ceremony with her. So, yeah, if you want to get in contact, all of her contact information will be below as well as my contact information. Um, And thank you. Just thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I truly appreciate each and every single one of you. Um, It lights me up to know that, you know, people are listening and, and getting insight and I look forward to doing more of these episodes. So with that being said, check out the Patreon page. If you like what you hear, if you want to hear more of it, you can go ahead and give what you can give starting as low as $2 a month. Um, Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please, please give me a review, rate it, review it. That really helps um, as much as you can. So I appreciate you guys. I hope you have a beautiful day, night, evening, morning, wherever you are in the world. And I'm sending you my love and my light. Always.